0: Thank you for joining us.
1: If you just joined us, uh, I want to go ahead and, and uh, invite uh, a couple more people, a few more people that know, hey, my church is live. Uh, this pastor is about to break it down. Uh, come hear us. Uh, again, welcome all of you. Thank you for joining us. Today we come to part 7 of our series, First Peter series, we titled Hope Filled Living in a Troubled World. Some may say in a messy world. Uh, we live in a messy world, isn't that? Uh, this is not what we thought it would be when we started 2020. I haven't seen anything like this in all of my life. Uh, uh, your parents haven't seen that. You're talking about something that goes way back into the Depression era. Uh, and Peter here, the first believers encountered a messy time. Uh, these were harassed Christians undergoing persecution and suffering because of their faith in Christ Jesus. They were being chased out of their towns, imprisoned, chained, tossed to the lions to be eaten up alive. And here Peter is writing to them in the book of First Peter, a book I, I call a book of survival, to help them to get through these terrible times. We looked at part one. Uh, he reminded them that he, he said, "What the, he says, know what God has done for you." the believers benefits, we look at that. Part two and three, we look at that. know who you are, your position as a child of God. Understand what God says about you. Don't let that clatter, the chatter of what's on the outside dictate your emotional, with all, know who you are in Christ, and he goes in and outlines that for us. Part four, he says, live a life of integrity. Don't let the stuff that's outside stick on you so that you act like you're you're a victim. Don't turn around and be a victimizer. Don't pass all this stuff that is happening to you that you don't like to others. Uh, Part five and six, we looked at how to win over your enemies and influence other people. Uh, We looked at this amazing portion of scripture in 1 Peter 3, it says finally, Everyone live in harmony, no matter what others are doing to you, as far as it depends on you. He says, be sympathetic, love one another, have compassion, be humble. And last time we got together, we looked at humility, humility, the key to living uh, a blessed life. Today I want to show you how living a life of mercy in your family, in your home, on the job, in your church, in your community makes you aware of women by showing mercy in the world. God calls us to that. And let's go ahead and get right into it. If you look at the portion of scripture, I'm going to put it up on, on your screen in a moment. It says I mean, 1 Peter 3.9, 1 Peter 3.9, it says what? Don't pay people back with evil for the evil they do to you. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead do what? Pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And He will grant you His blessing. And God speaks to us. He says this, He says when you've been hurt deeply rather than doing a tit for tat kind of thing, Pay back evil for evil, retaliating with insults and curses when people insult you. Instead, he says, "What? Well, show the mercy. Pay them back with a blessing." And he says, "When you do that, I have a special blessing earmark for those who live a life of mercy." In the Beatitudes, Jesus talked about this, didn't he? He says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. God will bless those who show mercy. For He will give them blessing. He says, This is what you are called to do. So, this isn't something you can brush off. God is saying it's an imperative. You are called to be merciful. God expects that of His children. God calls you and I, God is merciful, and He wants us to be His agents by which He displays His mercy grace in a messy world. God calls you to be His ambassador of mercy. God is a person for God says allow me to show you my mercy God shows us mercy, God shows us kindness, God forgives us God is compassionate and, and gracious to us He says All I want you to do is give back what I've given to you to others Love one another, as I've loved you Show mercy to others, that I've shown you mercy Show kindness to others, I've, I've, I've dished out kindness to you And God is saying this That this is what I want you to be Now here is the wisdom in this, here is the wisdom in this. That whenever you get hurt deeply, what happens is, it stirs up in you an emotional energy. And that emotional energy can go one of two ways. You have two choices. When someone hurts you, someone curses, some, someone ignores you, someone disrespects you, I mean, somebody persecutes you, whatever it is that comes at you that immediately you feel hurt or disrespected or wounded or neglected. You have two options. That energy that stirs up in you, you can either use it to get even, which is retaliate, or you can use that same energy for resolution. And God saying, either of these has a the consequence. If you choose choice A, which is repay them back for what they've done to you, that is saying, you miss out. You are now wound up. You're trying to get even. You can't sleep at night. You've been victimized. And now you turn around and become a victimizer. You're doing what your enemy did unto you. You're becoming like them. They, they, you actually, they literally changed you. You got to say, don't do that. You don't get a blessing for that. <laughs> but here's what happens. When you use that same energy, that same energy, emotional energy that you have, you use that same energy for resolution. You use that same energy for reconciliation. You got to say, I will pay you back a blessing. You see, everything that God asks you to do, He attaches a blessing to it. <laughs> and I, your pastor, your friend, don't want you to miss out on the blessing of being merciful. Be merciful just as your father is merciful, Luke 6, verse 36 tells us. and it says, when you do that, you will inherit a blessing.
0: So how do you pay back
1: a blessing when someone hurls angry words at you? How do you give them back a blessing instead of doing eye for eye, tooth for tooth? By being merciful. What, what is mercy? What is mercy? Mercy, my brother, my sister, my good friends, is what? Love in action. You see, love is silent unless it's demonstrated that when you demonstrate love, it is, you display mercy. Mercy is not a feeling, mercy is not an emotion, love is an emotion, love is is a feeling, but mercy is the action in love. Mercy is a behavior, mercy is a choice, mercy is a decision, mercy is something you choose to do, you choose to be merciful. What God said, he He says instead, the word instead implies a choice. Don't retaliate when he insults when people insult you and they ignore you and they belittle you when they respect you. He says, Make a choice and make a good choice. Don't pay them back what they've done. Choose mercy. Choose to pay them back with a blessing that action that you do, which is positive, which is godly, which is the wisdom of God, is mercy. So, mercy is love in action. Say that with me wherever you are. Mercy is what? Love in action. And there's a whole chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that God had earmarked as the meaning of real love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it gives us 15 characteristics. 15 attitudes, descriptions, qualifications of how you display mercy, which is love in action. See, real love is very different from the phony love that you hear on the radio, and songs, you see on movies, and, and stuff like that. See, real love has the characteristics of true mercy. And these marks of mercy in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's look at verse, from verse 4 to 7, I want to share with you 11 of those 15. Here it goes, read that with me, up on the screen. Mercy is love in action. love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, it's not boastful or proud, it's not rude, love is not self-seeking, love which is mercy in action is not irritable or easily angered, love! Which mercy in action keeps no record of wrongs. Love, which is mercy in action, doesn't delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love is always supportive. We see 11 things here 11 actions, 11 descriptors of mercy in action. Patience, kindness, not envying, not being boastful or prideful, not being rude, not. Self-seeking, not being irritable or easily angered, when people come at you in the wrong way, you're not keeping a record of what doing, and not delighting in the evil, but always rejoicing with the truth and always being supportive. He says, That's how you display mercy. He says, This is how I will bless you. When you pay people back with mercy, you when you do these things, God is saying, Watch out, you get the financial virtue you get the relational victory. You're getting a miracle coming to you on a job. You're getting something happening to your kid. Doors are being opened for you when you act in this fashion, says God. Now, today, I I, want to share with you three practical ways that you can pay back mercy when bad times come your way. As your pastor, I want you to inherit a blessing. As the Bible tells us, I want God's blessing to come unto you. God says, if you do these things, you will be blessed. At the end of the parable of the um, Good Samaritan, Jesus says, go and do this and you will be blessed. The blessing comes from doing. A couple of weeks ago, our, on our Wednesday Zoom Bible study, we looked at the benefits of obedience. One of those has been... Action, putting God's word into practice in your life. So notice the first way we show mercy to others to receive a blessing from God is in the first way, number one, is what is what? By overlooking irritations and offenses. By overlooking irritations and offenses. In other words, ignoring not even paying attention to the irritations and the offenses that come at you god is saying he says you've got to ignore it overlook it and in life you're going to have irritations in life things that are going to bother you, things that you're, gonna, you're not going to like the weather delays Challenges, cancellations, denials, something that just I can understand why this is happening. I mean it's like I've done everything I can and look at what I'm hearing. Look at what's happening. Life irritations will happen to you. And God is saying this is where your mercy got to kick in. So that God will bless you. You overlook those irritations. You're going to have that this week. For the rest of your life. Nobody has good days all the time. And so you'll have irritations and offenses. You're going to be offended by people in your family. By your kids. Folks that you are married to. Your friendships. Your friends are going to irritate you and offend you. It's going to happen from your customers. From your co-workers, your boss. Something is going to hurt you the wrong way. And God is saying, I have a special blessing. When you act biblically by showing mercy. And this mercy in action portion of scripture that we looked at, 1 Corinthians 13, look at 1 Corinthians 13, 5, here's what God tells us. Love is not irritable or easily angered. Say that with me, whatever you are. Love is not irritable or easily angered. Notice the word says easily angered. This says real love, which is mercy in action, doesn't get angry easily doesn't blow a gasket because you can't have your way or you don't like what's going on. Now let let me share a little bit about what really anger is. You see, anger is neither good or bad. Anger is neutral. It is one of the misunderstood human emotions there is. And it is also one of the most mismanaged emotions there is. See, anger is not necessarily sudden. Sometimes anger is the only appropriate response when something is happening. But you see, anger in of itself isn't sin. God gets angry. Jesus got angry in the temple and just threw some people out of it and creeped it or she just get away from here. You are making my house a, a place of profiteering when it ought to be a place of prayer. And he just chased them out of the house. Over and over again, you see in the Bible, the anger of God coming down on a sinful person. You see, anger is not necessarily a sin. God gives each of us a capacity to be angry. But with this capacity to be angry, all angry is is a signal that tells us, something is going on that I don't like. Now, what makes anger a sin is what you attach to that. So when you attach jealousy to anger, then you got a problem. When you attach pride to anger, then you got a problem. Anger is only a signal that something is wrong. It doesn't make it good or bad. Anger is just a, 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 an arc. It's just a, a, an awakening to say, I don't like what's happening. Look at what time it is. I'm gonna get late for work. What am I gonna do? Let me have it right now. Let me have some shortcuts so that I can I can get ready to go to work, or let me get mad and upset, or blame and accuse and criticize and put somebody down, or feel bad about myself. The anger is just telling you that it's an emotional barometer of something not right in your life. And God is saying, He says, the way you handle anger is not just. Just let it run through you, but you gotta filter your anger. Mercy in action doesn't, is not irritable and doesn't easily get angry. You gotta filter it. The Bible has specific, specific, is specific about the cost of uncontrolled anger. Proverbs 15, 18 says anger causes arguments. Proverbs 14, 28 says anger causes mistakes. Proverbs 14, 17, uncontrolled anger causes foolish things to happen in life. I'm sure you'll agree with all. So God is saying, rather than feeding your anger with jealousy or pride or envy or just low self-esteem or negative emotions, don't feed your anger by focusing on the irritation or focusing on the offense. Feed your anger with mercy. Love is not irritable or easily angered. Now we are going to say, feed that anger. Feed that dislike. Feed that distasteful thing that is natural to every single human being. Feed it with mercy. Don't get irritable. Don't get easily angered. It says, slow down. Slow down. Now look at this amazing portion of Scripture in Proverbs. Proverbs 17:9. I love this portion of Scripture when the Bible breaks it down that way. It says what? Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates Close friends. And so the nominative here is that a form has happened. There is something that is irritable, something that is irritating, something that is vexing, an offense has happened. You got two choices you can dwell on it or you can forgive. That same energy that arises from that fault of caring, you've got two choices and each of these choices has a separate and individual outcome. One of it is going to be blessed, the other is going to mess you up. He says, when you dwell on it, when there's something that's like, I'm just going to get even with what I've done. He says, "What's happiness is going to cause division in your relationship? Is going to cause withdrawal in your relationships. That's not a blessing of God. He says, but if you are merciful by forgiving that fault, what happens? There's what? Prosperity. You grow, you mature. The relationships get reconciled and put back together. And that's what God is saying. Look at this next verse of children in Proverbs 19:11. It's an amazing, amazing choice of words. that wise in Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, puts it, says, It is to one's glory to do what? To overlook an offense. You ever run into somebody who's saying, I will never forgive this person. What they did, I, I will never let go. And he says, what? Well, you're just missing your glory. Now, amazing choice, of course, glory. Now, when we say God's glory, it's a compilation of everything God says, His mercy, His forgiveness, His grace, His protection, His provision, His goodness, uh, His peace, His love, His joy, everything God is, all the attributes of God are wrapped up in one word, glory. God wants to let His glory shine us. And it says, you receive glory. In other words, you're going to be lifted up when you look an offense. Do you see this? There are marriages today that are together because one person in that marriage was offended followed Proverbs 19. There is somebody who is still on the job and perhaps have been promoted to be a leader in that company because something happened that they were wrong and yet they followed this to overlook But there's another person who looked the other way and are single right now, have lost a job, there is separation and division in their life because they didn't heed the wisdom of God. They did not overlook their offense. They said, I'm right to do this. I'm right to, to, to resign from this job. I'm right to pack up and leave this marriage. I'm just going to do this stuff. God said, stop! Mercy will lift you up. Mercy will bring glory to you. Mercy will bring peace to life. Mercy will promote God's goodness and grace and provision and protection and healing and reconciliation and resolution in your life if you overlook that an offense. And God tells us that the way you show mercy that, that breeds a blessing is by overlooking irritations and offense. Well, let me say this, my brother my sister. If you are always getting your feelings hurt, please, you need to grow up. Now, this doesn't mean that you are not legitimately having a hard time and people are against you or gossiping. It happens to everybody. Show me one person who doesn't have life irritations or not being offended. Everybody goes through life. Everybody, this is a broken world, and we are broken people, and guess what? We hurt one another, but God is saying, he says this. He says, don't wear, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. If you are always getting your feelings hurt, you need to grow up. You need to learn to overlook an offense, or else you are going to be unhappy all your life. You can pray yourself out of it. Look, the people that you work with, all of them are not going to die. For those of you who are praying, praying for your enemies to die, they are not all going to die. And you're going to be living in misery because you're not applying God's truth to, to your life. God said, he says, it is to your glory when you can overlook it. Let it go. Now, how do you do this? You always ask yourself three questions. You ask the why, the why, and the how. <laughs> if you have been in business, you know, these are three ways to be able to filter out to get to any solution. The why, the why, and the how. You just say, why am I hungry? Fifty percent of the of, of, of of you overlooking an offense will happen by you just answering this question. Why am I why am I People are dying, people are getting COVID, people are being fired from their job. People are, why am I why? You have to say, Why? Why? Is this really worth it? Is this really worth the loss of sleep? Is it really worth the relationship? Is it really worth my sanity? Is it really worth me just being locked out? Being locked out as a prison of my own choices by not letting go? Why am I human? Then you ask yourself, well, what? What do I really want? What do I really want? And that's another 25% of overlooking that, that, <laughs> that effect, right? And most of the time, the people you are angry, with, you don't really want anything from them. Somebody out there who's just hurt or wounded or having a bad day or for whatever reason, they're just in their own space and they just, they dish disrespected you or neglected you or maybe they're not even thinking about you at all. So you ask yourself, what do I really want? And then the third thing is, how can I get it? And that's the 25% of that. How can I get what I want? I want peace in my life and so therefore I've got to let go. I want reconciliation with my spouse. I want things to work out with my family. I want to leave a good legacy. And when I leave this world, I don't want to live, live this world with broken, tattered relationships. I want my life to shine. This is what I want out of life. So why am I angry? What do I really want? How can I get it? When you filter through these three questions, you can overlook and offense to your glory to your elevation and blessing. If somebody, whatever you are, is receiving this message, why don't you say amen to that? Amen. Here's what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. 1st 5, 15. He says, Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, and that is going to happen, you don't slap at each other. Look for the best in each other, and always do your best to bring it out. Look for the best in each other. Now, sometimes you need three attempts at this. Because you just had a fracas, you just had a, uh, you know, you had an argument with your spouse and you got to go to work and then you come from work and this is what? It's not too late to always bring the best out of each other. It's not too late to say I'm sorry. It's not too late to own up to your piece of it. It's not too late to say what I said wasn't right. It's not too late to, 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 to restate why you are in this relationship what you really want in life it is not really too late to come back and seek resolution rather than retaliation always do your best (laughs) to seek the best in each other so my brother my sister the first way that i can show mercy to others to inherit a blessing from God is what? Overlooking irritations and offenses. Here's the second way to show mercy. God blesses those who are merciful for they shall receive mercy from God. Here's the second way. It says what? By being kind when they don't deserve it, but need it. You see, in every family, in every job, in every community, in every church, in every area of life there are what I call the VDPs very draining people very draining people four <laughs> kinds of VDPs in your family three they are there and uh, maybe one of them to you if I am I'm sorry I'm working on myself very draining people uh, four of them are the difficult people, people who are hard to work with, people who are responsible, who are immature, people who are deficient in social skills, they have personality defects, they walk around prideful, envious, jealous, people who are just sitting about me, 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 very, very difficult people. And you find that no matter what you do, they, every now and then it's like they make it all about themselves and they are difficult to get along. You will have them, I have them, everybody has it. Secondly also, they are also just the, demanding people, people who are pushy, who are aggressive, who are insistent, who are stubborn, even though they know what they're doing is wrong, it's hurting people, they won't let go, self-centered, they only see their way, usually they are perfectionists, they are just demanding, demeaning people. So difficult people, demanding people, and also there's a the third of people that you in your circles they are what? Disappointing people. They let you down. They tell you they're going to do something they don't do it. You are counting on them for something that doesn't happen. They are disloyal. They fail you. They break a promise. People like that. Sometimes you are that too. Right? Now people come in and out of these things. So difficult, demanding, this disappointed and then last but not the least are the kind that 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 uh, we gotta talk about, they are the destructive people they hurt you, they are damaging, they are dangerous, they are debilitating they double dealing, they look at you and laugh at you and say nice things to you while they are stabbing you in the back they are hateful, they mean you wrong they want you to get divorced they want your children to fail they want you to get fired from your job how do you deal with it? They are all scattered around you cannot live in a bubble where you will not interact with difficult or demanding or disappointed or destructive people oh, what do you do with these people? The Bible tells us in our love and Action, mercy chapter 1 Corinthians 13 look at verse 4 and 7 Love is what? Kind and patient. Love is always supportive. Mercy in action is kind, patient, which means always supportive. Are you always supportive? Are you always supportive to people whether they deserve it or not? Now I can say that I, 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 I can use a little bit more patience, I can be a little bit more patient, I can be a little bit more kind, I can be a little bit more supportive. This is a, a, a work of progress. And God is saying, be mindful of that. Don't get to a state in your life where it says, whatever I am, I am, I'm never going to change, I'm, I'm this old and that's it. No, 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 it's not going you miss, I do no And the key is this, if you want to be patient with anybody, you've got to learn what makes them tick. If you want to be kind to people, if you want to get along with people, anybody, anybody, anybody who's got some trace of being difficult or demanding or disappointing or destructive, if you want to get along with them, you've got to learn, learn, learn this trick. And, and here's why, here's why you've got to be supportive to because if you understand the fears of people, you're gonna be more patient with them. If you understand the hurts of people, you're gonna be more patient with them. And the reason is that every time somebody is hurting you, is because they are hurting. This, is, this, just this, this, this just doesn't come out of the psychology manual. It is a fact of life. hurt people hurt people if I don't feel good about myself I will tend to not let you feel good about yourself I will tend to dish out project on you what I'm feeling on the inside hurt people hurt people and God is saying wait a minute just show God people a little bit slack Try to understand where they are coming from. Try to understand their hurt. Be a little more patient with them. People are screaming out for attention. Screaming out for affection. Screaming out to be understood. Screaming out to be loved. Screaming out for mercy. They have been kicked around in life. They have been through a hard time. They have entered into seasons of life that was dark and hurtful and painful. And some people haven't come out of that. They are wounded. That's why they are demeaning and they are disappointed and difficult and sometimes they are destructive. So cut them some slack. And Peter is speaking. He says, Look, these folks are mean. They are hurting you. They are calling you names. They are persecuting you. But understand that they need love. They need mercy. They need compassion. Be supportive of them. And when you have this kind of wisdom, understand why people do what you do why do people just snap at you whenever you try to say something why is your coworker always looking at you in a mean way why are they always trying to report you why is this person always gossiping always gossiping, saying bad things about people perhaps that's what they lack in their life they are not being affirmed they're not being loved they are not being encouraged they're not being lifted up and so they will not encourage and love and show mercy and compassion to people support people and I will break them down it will break up their enemy. it will all glory, glory to almighty God I've seen this so many times in my life so many times in my life professionally relationally in being a pastor you reach out to people who you hear all kinds of mean things about them and you get to know who they are and you connect with them with the love of Christ you show them mercy understanding, compassion, connectivity. You extend peace to them, you extend the love of God to them. You realize that as human beings we have a vacuum in us that is yearning to be filled with support and affection and encouragement and love. I remember one time at work Oh, in my early years, <clears throat> I was always, every time someone comes to me and I wait on them, I will get up and move the chair for them to sit down and I will include them to sit down. Before I sat down, I was doing this consistently. And one day, Lady was going through a difficult time. and you know She came to me and I waited on her and did whatever transaction she wanted to do. And I waited out and just made her run and just get a I felt I needed to get her get her out. Get it out. She held on to me, and the tears were pouring out. He says, "Mike, you don't know what you've done. I've never felt the hug—a hug. A hug from, I've never experienced a hug from somebody." Brother Graham said, "Most of the people in mental hospitals, half of them will be let go and cured of their mental depression if they only sense, receive the love." From people who are nearest and dearest to them. Love is always supportive. Look at what the Bible says. The amazing portion of Scripture, Proverbs 19 (laughs) A man, a woman's wisdom yields patience. When you know what something's going through, when you try to understand that this is a human being who needs love, who needs acceptance, who has the same needs that you need, need to be encouraged, need to be lifted up needs to be praised. Something good in your life, you look for it and you just bring it out to them. It says that 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 is wisdom. And that wisdom yields patience. That wisdom yields patience, brings about connection. That a, a person's wisdom yields patience. The word yield means profit. The word yield means it promotes patience. When somebody barking at you. He said, The supervisor doesn't like me. This person is just a racist. This person is so mean and nasty. He says, See where they're coming from. Allow God to pour His mercy, His grace, His love, His acceptance. Become God's agent of mercy to that person. And what that will do is it will give them mercy towards you and mercy and mercy towards them. And a person's wisdom. Understanding of where this person is coming from. Yields. Patience. Look at Proverbs 3.27. Proverbs 3.27. Oh, we are blessed by God and we are kind to people who don't deserve it. He says, whenever you are able, do good to people who need help. When you see people are mean, are mad, are gossiping, are retaliating, are uncooperative, are demeaning. People who are destructive, people who are just difficult to get along with, people who are always breaking their promises. They need help. They need help. Do good to them. They're not a problem to be cast out. There's a need to be met by an agent of Jesus. God blesses those who are merciful for they will receive the mercy of God. Here's an illustration. I was prepared for this message. A mother once approached Napoleon. And she was seeking a pardon for her son. And the emperor replied, Hey, mom, your young son has committed an offense and he deserves to die. the mother explained, Sir, I don't ask you for justice. I I plead for mercy for my son. Napoleon replied, But your son does not deserve mercy. What he did was egregious. He has really broken the military code and he deserves to die. The woman cried out, Sir, it will not be mercy if he it and mercy is all I ask for my young child. The emperor replied, Well, then I will have mercy, and he spared the woman's son. And that's what mercy is about. Mercy is that they've earned it, they've deserved it, they've done something good. God comes to you and says, Hey, show mercy. To those who don't deserve it, show kindness. To those who don't deserve it, give it to them. And the Bible gives us a lot of reasons why you and I ought to be kind to those who don't deserve it. I don't have time to go into all of them. The Bible says you ought to be kind because God's been kind to you. Has God been kind to you? Every woman of your life has been, so do the same to others. You ought to be kind because God's kindness is an act of worship. Whenever you are showing kindness to others, you are worshiping God. says offer your life. I said sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. That is it, that is God's acceptable form of worship. And so mercy to others who don't deserve it as you are focusing on God and that is worship. But look at what the Bible says, it says kindness makes you happy. Look at this worship scripture in, in Proverbs 19.22. It says kindness makes a person attractive. Oh, don't spend too much money on beauty products. It says kindness will make you pretty, will make you handsome, will make you beautiful. Of course we will cause you to shine and glow. We'll make you attractive. And so forget all the beauty stuff, all the expensive beauty stuff. I said be nice and your countenance will grow. Your personality will shine. Isn't that the truth? Have you seen somebody who's like they they something that's like a millions of dollars? And when you just look at their company, says, I will never go with this person. But ah, uh, kindness does that. You say, but Pastor Mike, I mean, what about that family member? What about that friend? What about that co-worker? Who's, who's never been kind to me? Somebody who's emotionally unable to be kind. They don't have it in them. They can never show kindness. They are as hardened, hardened as a brick. They are as hardened as a stone. What do you do with that? <laughs> the Bible <laughs> speaks in all situations. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, Don't be hateful to people just because they are hateful to you. Do you see this? You don't say, well, they deserve it. They want to defy it, and so I'm just going to give it to them. They were really hating on me, and so I'm going to hate them. God says, don't do that. It's an imperative. Don't do that. Rather, be good to each other and to everyone else. Even those who are hateful to you, God is saying, yes, that family member, that friend, that neighbor, that coworker, that church member, that person out there who just doesn't get along with you. They hate your guts. Don't miss out on his blessing. God blesses those who are merciful. God is saying you will inherit a blessing when you don't repay evil for you all. But instead, you turn back and bless others. God will bless you. You do good to them instead, and God says he's gonna bless you. So, how do you why should I show mercy to others? <laughs> how how can I do that? One by overlooking irritations and offenses too by being kind when you don't deserve it. Oh no. Let me write a third one. It's just by letting go of past hurts. <laughs> letting go of past heads And here the Bible speaks. In 1 Corinthians 35, it says what? Well, love does not keep a record of wrongs that others do. And God says, says, mercy in action, love in action, does not keep a record of wrongs that people do. Do you do that? Do you keep a mental record of every wrong? Your husband, or wife, or parent, or kids, or friends, or church members, or coworkers, to you? Like when something doesn't go your way, do you just have it in your heart? God is saying, He says, mercy doesn't do that. The love of God that is placed in mercy does not keep a record of wrongs that others do. It doesn't store up all the bad things and the hurts and the offenses and the neglects. It doesn't do that. Now here's what's going to happen when you store them in your heart. When you show them in your heart, what happens is this. Is that it's right in your heart, and when something else happens, guess what? It's dead. It's out of the abundance of the heart, a person speaks, and so it's going to come out. It's going to come out when you deal with them, it's going to come out when you deal with your, your child, it's going to come, out when, you your, your going to come out when you deal with your wife, your customers, your coworkers, and so forth. It's dead. And sometimes people who haven't hurt you, you just fire at them because of what others have done to you, Why? because you have what? You have harbored all these wrongs and hurt. There is a fire that is brewing in your heart, and what happens is it just erupts. Are they? <laughs> in Portugal? And secondly, what also happens is this, is that you are harboring these, these hurts in your heart and your mind, and what's happening to you is it is making you miserable. You can never enjoy life. Even though you may be accomplished, you've got a great education, you got a great job, the Lord has blessed you with. You cannot be content with yourself. You can't be in a state of satisfaction, of fulfillment, of how far God has brought you in life. Why? Because you are keeping a record of wrongs in your heart. And so you've got to let go of past hurt. One more time. You need to let go. You're not hurting them, you're hurting yourself. Write this down, write this down, notice down, notice down somewhere, write it down. He says what? He says, when someone does you wrong, don't repeat it, delete it. When somebody does you wrong, don't repeat it, delete it. Oh, my brother, my sister, this is one of the skills that I've worked so hard in my life. See, I don't feed my heart and my mind with something like that. Like, if you tell me something wrong, I will work my hardest to, to, to to just disregard it and to not think about it and never focus on that because it will slow me down. Now all of a sudden I'm messed up. I'm thinking about what you said and my impression and my goals and the things that I want to do is all being filtered through with some stuff that somebody said that that I don't even know what they're talking about. You don't. When somebody does something wrong to you do it not repeat it but delete it one more time don't repeat what's said wrong about you delete it you gotta let go of that hurts love gives no record of wrongdoing when you hold on to a hurt you are not being loving you look at a relationship where there is no intimacy there's no closeness, the bond is not there and this is something you'll find very consistently in that relationship somebody is out there recording everything that has been said or is living it out and you wonder why are these two people two different images kind of saying wrong things will happen but you gotta, go. you gotta let go you gotta let go you gotta let go of what your husband said your wife said your child said your brother said your sister said what they should have done they didn't do what they did they shouldn't have done you gotta let it go mercy in action love that god rewards and blesses doesn't keep a record of wrongs that others do to you and this means that you do three things you don't rehearse it in your mind you don't keep bringing it back again and again and you don't tell people about it. That's how you let go. That's how you don't keep a record of it. You do three things, it's going to be gone from your mind. One is you do rehearse it in your mind. The Bible says don't go to bed angry. Don't let the sun fall down on your anger. You don't like what they said. So why are you spending the whole night tossing and turning and t- you got tell God, take it away from my heart? Take this pain, take this hurt, take this anger, take this 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 fire that is, take it wash it off my memory. You change, if you don't like what's going on, you change the channel. So you don't rehearse that in your mind. Because when you do that, what will happen is resentment will bring on your heart. Secondly, you don't keep bringing it up. Because when you keep bringing it up, it becomes a relational weapon. You give yourself an excuse why you don't want to get along with that person. Why you don't want to cooperate with that co-worker. Why you don't want to help that customer. Why you don't want to fellowship with people in that church. And that becomes a relational weapon. It's not supposed to be that. God says you got to let it go. The third is this. How do you let it go? You don't rehearse it. You don't keep bringing back. Tell also You don't tell others about it, which is ghastly. Because the more you talk about it, it perpetuates the pain. It brews up resentment. It infatuates the, 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 the relational weapon. What they have done has become a club in your hand. And you are using it not to hammer them, but you are beating yourself with that. Beating yourself with that. And now you are even wounded more. More than what they did to you. So don't do it. And here's what the Bible says: First, one, chapter, three, five. I love this portion of scripture. It says, "Love is not rude. It doesn't demand its own ways. It is not irritable or touchy. Oh, somebody read the last phrase with me. It doesn't what? Hold grudges. Hold grudges. Grudges." <laughs> Let go of past hurts and when you do that God is saying boy am I going to bless you Am I going to turn your situations around? Am I going to bring breakthrough in your life? Oh yes Lord And so three times my brother my sister that God tells you and I That when we do this when we show mercy in the broken world we are going to bless big time One is what? He says show mercy for God's going to bless you Mercy for God's going to lift you up Mercy for God is going to reward you with a blessing How do you do that? Overlook Irritations and offenses be kind to those who don't even deserve it, but they need it. So many people even those mean people need your kindness and mercy. And third, it says let go of those hurts. And you say, well what if I don't do these things? Oh, do you remember the parable of the unmerciful servant? Here's a guy, Jesus tells this parable, who owed a a million dollars and this guy couldn't repay, he came and knelt down and begged the master and said, Master, please, please please, give me some more time to pay. Jesus looked at him and says, "Oh, I see that you're really sorry. So I've forgiven all your hurts. And he walks away, dancing and rejoicing. Shortly he sees somebody who owes him a few dollars. The Bible says he this guy up, choking this guy, really roughing this person, Says, you gotta pay me back or I'm gonna throw your wife and your children in jail, yeah, this is unacceptable, you don't know who you're doing, I will show you something, and this guy is really out there, this person is really roughing this person, and then I go tell the master, so hey, no, the guy that you know, I forgive a million dollars, the guy who should have died but didn't die, the guy who didn't who, who did deserve to get married, who should not be hired for the job, the guy who Look at all these breaks that you brought to your life and your family. But, but they have been so mean and nasty to others. God comes around and says, Wow, Rip. Really? <laughs> he says, This person here told them in jail, told them in prison. He said, This and Jesus asked the application: This is what your heavenly father will do to those who don't show mercy to others. Right there in the Lost Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 15, Jesus says, If we refuse to forgive others, our heavenly father will not forgive us why will you allow this your unwillingness to show mercy others block your blessing and breakthrough in life don't let the pitfall of natural mercy work against you james 2 13 paints that picture to us there will be no mercy for those who have been shown mercy to others now i don't like this i don't want this to happen to you so don't let it happen to you write it on the top of your heart there will be no mercy for those who have been shown mercy to others You say, i want to break for my bank i want to break for my supervisor i want to break when i go to a grocery store i want to break for my neighbors i want to break for my are stepping on the neck of somebody and you want God to take the boot off of your own neck and say, no! Mercy will not come to those who have been shown mercy to others. But! Somebody lived to God! But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful to you when He judges you. And God is saying, look, I want to show you mercy. I want to send breakthrough through your way bring blessing into your life but here's what you've got to do he says you need to let me drive your life let me possess your thoughts let me in the space of your life get into that space my brother and my sister where you are all about this mercy stuff you gotta overlook the irritation the offenses of people Nobody's perfect. Somebody's gonna harm you. Maybe somebody has. Today, today. Well, let it be the day of reconciliation. Not a day of retaliation. Let today be the day of reconciliation. Let today be the day of forgiveness. Let today of letting go and let God. Let go and let God. They are fucking your life who are demanding, who are difficult, fucking your life, who are disappointed. You gotta say, show them mercy even when they don't deserve it. And you gotta let go of the past. Oh, my brother, my sister. The Lord wants to do something good in your life. Let me close on this note. Oh, here's the prophet Jeremiah who was going through just a painful, disastrous, hurtful time. Are you going through a hurtful time in your life? He speaks, I will not forget this awful time. I'm pre my loss. My marriage, my relationship, my friendships, I'm not taking the way it needs to be. I just realized that I'm missing out on something in life. Then it turns to God. Yet, I still dare hope. Today is going to be the beginning of the best day of my life. I'm going to step into a new space, a new place, a new frontier. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to follow the wisdom of God today, 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 today. I'm ready to come out of my shell. Come out of my place of wandering. I'm going to step into a place of wisdom where I am displaying love and action. I am becoming a mercy agent of God. God is showing you mercy. I am receiving it right now, somebody. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Greatest faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. Somebody, the Lord has brought out His mercy over your hearts. What has happened to you, it doesn't matter. What they said about you, it doesn't matter. Your own mistakes, it doesn't matter. God is covering all those faults, all those irritations, all those offenses with His mercy. His mercy never ends. They don't cease. They begin afresh every day. And today, today, you are receiving a fresh dose of God's mercy. Brother and my sister, everything I've shared with you is only possible. Oh, when you give your life to God, will you today with an open hearts, say, God, I need you. There is a better way. There is a better way. You want something good for my life, and I want what's good too. So you come and own me, come and preserve me. Oh, I'm calling you to become a Christ follower. I'm inviting you to take this journey of God. Says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God is calling you to a new place—a place of power, a place not of weakness, but of strength. A place whereby the strength and the power of God you are mastering your moments. Pray with me, please, and receive Jesus. The Lord, your Savior, your Master, your Captain, your Deliverer, your Protector, your Friend, your King. Pray with me. Oh God, I thank you for the gift of mercy. In spite of my sin, you love me enough. So that I will be set free. Today I receive your gift of mercy. Come in my life Jesus. Save me. And make me one of yours. Now Lord take my life. And use me. As an agent of mercy. Light like to shine on me so that wherever I am, I am ready in your mercy. This is my life. You take it and use it for your glory. And please, Lord, one day my time on earth will be over. When that day comes. I want to see you face to face and Lord take me on that day to be in heaven with you forever thank you for saving my soul in Jesus name Amen Amen Glory to God It's so good you are so good to. Oh God! We pray for you a moment. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. God, you are so good, my Lord. God, you are so good. Close, I, I want to pray for you. Let me forward that and encourage you to sow a gift into life into, into favor life church. So easy to do that, you can do that electronically. Oh, we need your gifts. He says, when you sow a seed, that is gonna cause a good measure, press down, shake it together, run over you, pour over your life. How can you give? Cash App. Before you, right after service, the service is over, you happen to Cash App? Find us on Life and sow a seed into Faver Life Church for oh God. God bless you. You can also give yourself, You can give by writing a check. You can give right online right. using your plastic. All the way down, there is a green button that says Give Online. Click that. Using your plastic or your checking or savings account, you can give as a blessing to this church. The feeling you have received, the Bible says, "Feel again." Lord, bless you. Now let me pray for you. As we close. God, you are so good. And right now I pray, I pray your goodness of your people. Where there's sickness, bring healing. Where there's wounding, bring your comfort and your peace and your love to fill every heart, Lord God Almighty, with emotional strength. Financially lift your people up today to a high ground. Financial problems, bring disunity and disruption in life. Today, Lord God Almighty, beat back on the enemy in Jesus' name. Bring, Lord God Almighty, oh, victory, deliverance unto your people in Jesus' name. You say when you set your people free, they are free indeed. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. breakthrough to your people bless your people lord god Almighty. thank you for this new awakening thank you god for renewed growth thank you for uplifting your people thank you for opening new doors thank you for elevation thank you for covering where covid has been destroyed over the life of your people who have brought up virus of the face of the earth in jesus name our portion a strong blessing for the people today we love you lord. we praise you oh god in jesus name Amen, 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 God bless you now. Let us share the grace together, shall we, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 I love you with the love of God, please pray for us, we are committed to have our services on the 90 minutes, and we accomplished that today. So help us get along. God bless you. This message will be available right where you are in a few minutes. We'll cut up all the songs and we'll just have the message, the sermon right there for you to share with your loved ones and come back and listen to that over and over again.
0: I love you with the love of God.
1: Thank you for joining us. Have a great day and blessed week. And join us. Morning prayer at 5.30. 7.30 evening. Wednesday night, 7.30. Zoom Bible study. Allah in the love of God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.